The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct. What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 12 of season 5 of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Since this is episode 12, this will be the last episode of this season, and we'll take a few weeks off to regroup. I've got a lot of content I need to film and get together. Um, but we're going to end this season with a conversation with my good friend, Sahir Hanif. Sahir is the founder and master builder over at Masters of Maple Drum Company. He's also the founder of the production company, Ghost Tech. I've known Sai for many years back when he was making drums out of a storage locker in LA and he's since gone on to build up a really nice company. He's made drums for everyone from Dave Grohl to Josh Homme and he's been his he's teched for the Foo Fighters and many records, Queens of Stone Age. Um, so this is a fun conversation. We basically talk about product development. So he's a madman with product development. He's had some really fun campaigns with his trash talk snare, um, the original kind of distressed black ugly. Um, he's had a bell brass snare before everyone kind of jumped on the bandwagon. So um, this is a deep dive with my good friend, Sai Hanif. So where are you? Is this the, this is the yeah. headquarters. I've never seen the office here. I'm in the office. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an office with a ton of drums. <laughs> so it's good. I'm not on my phone or else I'd uh, twirl you around, but uh, maybe after I'll do a little walkthrough with you, man. Sweet. Are yeah, you in the office much these days? I feel like you're around the world all the freaking time. I'm I'm running around, but the good thing is is that this is probably in the last two months we're here, which is good because we are oh, yeah? fingers crossed, hopefully uh signing on the dotted line any day now once I get the power guys in, which this is the fun of making drums and stuff, is that <laughs> oh, <laughs> the yeah. power doesn't work, we're fucked. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of great. So um, yeah, hopefully in the next like a uh, couple days we'll find out on the new space and then start moving right away. But uh, yeah, this place has been great. Been here for about eight or nine years. It's um, hard to believe. Got, like, yeah, it's bizarre. I was just, I feel like we just moved in, but it's cool. But we kind of expanded, so we've got like this unit where we do a lot of the building and like woodwork and all that stuff, and then next door where we do all the cutting, and then down the road is where we do a bunch of the finishing, but. That's kind of the problem too, you know. It's just uh, keeping everything under one roof has kind of been the goal. So yeah, it's coming together, which is good. And we need the space, that's for sure. Is it a, <laughs> so, is it a big move or is it sort of local? Uh it's it's gonna be a pain in the ass to be honest. Because yeah. anytime you got to move all these big machines, it's like you know you got to create them. We're not going far. It'll be a few miles in the valley, like in LA where we are. But you know you got to create stuff and. You know, drums are like funny because it's like you got all this big stuff to make the stuff, and then you've got all these small parts. So it's just like screws and washers and lugs, and you know, I mean, you know the deal. <laughs> Drum oh, factory yeah. Yeah. is uh, billions of parts at this point. So you know, it's it's a little crazy, but you know, there's plenty of bins everywhere. Is all I can really say. Now, are you in like the yeah. same? Would it be the? I don't know how this works. You have to get permits from the county. Like, does it change yeah. anything for your structure wise? Yeah, I mean, it does because we we're just going to do everything under one roof now. So it's like you have to deal with the permits. I mean, the finishing shop we bought out was because in California, especially, is really strict with finishing guidelines. So 
we got this permit that was kind of grandfathered in, which was a sweet deal. But the problem is, it's just like, you know, it's three buildings is not, there's no way to make it really streamlined and optimal. And then, you know, we've got a few giant storage units, which is like all kinds of shit, you know, like backline and wood. And, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. Cause you know, from where the stuff comes up from the mill, you can't really keep it in like, you know, unregulated temperature, I guess you could say. So mm-hmm. it'll sit for a day or two, but then it's got to be made into a drum or else it's going to be a problem. So yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It's, you know, those growing pains are always funny to where it's like, oh yeah. You know, I mean, dude, you've known me forever. We've been buds for so long. It's just like, we're to the point where it's like, oh shit, now we need that kind of space. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little cool, but it's like, oh man, we're doing this. So it's great, man. It's very exciting. But uh, yeah, this year's kind of started off really nice. You know, it's a lot of new fun stuff and new challenges, but uh, you know, I think it's good. I mean, happy to have that problem rather than the other way of like, oh, we're shrinking. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you. Is this a, this yeah. must be a good you know, because the, the industry is in just kind of disarray, like with yeah. Roland and Gretsch and DW and yeah. what is happening. But is it is it that is that helping you in any way or? You know what, man, I it's funny you mentioned that, like when I was when I was driving here and, you know, obviously I knew we we're going to talk today. And even yesterday, I just flew back in from Nashville this morning and I was thinking about it because. uh you know, touch base with the guys at Nelson and just kind of like, you know, checked it all out. And there's so many drums in there, but I'm like, for how many drums are in the store? Like everything's so different now, you know, and you and I have been talking about it over the last couple of years, just when we chat, but yeah, I mean, as far as those, you know, to answer your question directly, like I couldn't tell you if, you know, the Gretsch sale and Roland being, you know, like the, the dominant player in drum business, I guess, which is kind of weird to think about mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm just like, oh, the guys that make the TD20, cool. Yeah, that's the, on the drum business. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily helps us because, you know, cats that are playing DW and Gretsch, they're not really, they're not flocking to us, nor are we like trying to poach anybody or anything like that. But I think some guys are aware, you know, that, that play the stuff, but I think what this is going to do is really open up the floodgate to where like, you know, endorsements the last few years, in my opinion, have just kind of, it's not the same as it used to be. I mean, the drum industry in general is not the same as what it was. So I think people can just play the shit they want, you know, just doesn't Mm -hmm. matter anymore. Like nobody's giving away, you know, you know, it's not the eighties. People aren't getting kits left and right. So I think it's really going to be interesting. And you see it, you see it now, you know, it's like some of these, you know, we're a small builder too. Anyway, you look at it. I mean, I know I'm like rich and baller and everything like that, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, I know I'm living it baby, but um, no, you know, like we're a small builder too, but you can kind of see like, you know, just off the bats, like, you know, Josh from Queens of the Stone Age and, you know, Ash Sohn, who's like, I've never met him, but, yeah, he's bought a few drums and just gives us a bunch of love on the internet and what a sweet guy. But I think that's happening more. And you see with a lot of other companies too, it's like these big dogs that are like, you know, see stuff on Instagram and then they buy it, they put it up and it gives them a bump. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really weird and strange time, but as far as uh, like publicity and all that kind of stuff and people being open to new things, I think that's going to change quite a bit, but 
as far as the industry being in whatever this is, it's kind of wild. And I think there's no home base anymore. It's like, you know, I'm going to go to NAM tomorrow and that'll be like the first time it's like back at its normal time after COVID and all that stuff. So be interesting to see what the scene's like, but you know, you know better than anybody there's modern drummers kind of around drum magazine doesn't exist so the things you know we had shit i was looking at it last time we did nam was in 2017 and it was so different you know oh, yeah seven different, years ago universe like, yeah completely like everybody was there that was the epicenter things were happening it really felt like the, you know everybody throws around <laughs> I, whatever you wear this just tell me so i you know, get my vest on, but I get so much shit for saying stuff. But everybody uses the fucking community. I'm like, there's no drum community anymore. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, there used to be. And I'm kind of curious, like, where does it go? Because, you know, now it's like people listen to podcasts, which is great. And there's like Instagram, but before it was like so many other things, you know, people had like events and, you know, like clinics were like a fun place to hang out. Not that they're not anymore. But it was just a lot more of that, you know, and this is before like YouTube drummers and all that kind of stuff were just taking over the entire world, which is great. But yeah. it's just a different kind of thing now, you know, it's like it, there's like a community, but it's like a virtual thing, you know, like people do like virtual hangs. And it's, it's isn't it, to me, isn't it's it kind of weird that the drum industry went full in on the online thing like yeah without even having any real like data to back it up like should you yeah. be doing like so it yeah it really just like what is the marketing strategy like it it just baffles me when i see like how these companies are just trying everything like marketing yeah. seems to be like what has been completely exploded like there is no no yeah. marketing strategy that i'm noticing it's just just try it all <laughs> try everything yeah no you're totally right i mean there was a minute where we were kind of guilty of it too of like okay well do you just do a bunch of stuff on like instagram and you know the thought process of like well yeah like how do you do it because like our facebook page got hacked a few years ago and Epic. we lost like all that it was awesome yeah it was like three hundred thousand <laughs> likes and it was gone and you know a lot of like your company archive is out too you know so that was kind of interesting, but for us, I can't talk to, can't talk to anybody else, you know, or speak to anybody else, I guess I could say. I think it was kind of freeing in a way, because just, I mean, dude, you and I are like buds, but like, I just don't care that much. Like, I mean, there's certain people that are, you know, <laughs> they're all about the internet, like their whole, they are marketers, you know, like you could, if it's drums, it's great, but, you know, they could be selling sandwiches or candy or shoes or whatever it is and they're amazing at it i just for what we were doing it was always kind of the anti-marketing of like yeah we're just gonna do like 30 of them and fucking whatever yeah. and that was just kind of the hit and run so we've been doing that forever you stuck but with last, it yeah i mean, I mean that, that's just kind of what it is after the facebook thing exploded it was like okay cool and then like we still have the instagram stuff but like even you know a couple weeks ago we dropped that like three two three copper drum and it sold out in 10 minutes and it was great but that's what we've been doing forever like this you know all these limited drops and you know limited edition like it's not it's not a kitschy thing for us this is what we do because we can't make a million of them you know mm -hmm. trust me if i could make my bell brass that version two i would make it all day it's just a monster to do it and 
I can't find the right material, it just doesn't make sense. Like who cares? You know, it's just not the thing, but yeah, to answer your stuff, it was just like the marketing strategies. Like we were thinking like, okay, do we, there was a minute where it was like, do we figure out like what trends are and how we do this stuff? And, you know, we have all these great tools like metrics and stuff, but I was looking around. I was like, what are we fucking doing? That's not, you know, I don't care about that, man. So and, how do people it, find your stuff? Is it just are yeah. these loyal custom, repeat customers? Are you getting new, new yeah. players? I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, you know, we, we have done a few things to kind of pivot with the times you have to, um, you know, obviously like the drum click, you know, that you're a part of, which is good. Uh, you know, Bart, you know, on the drum history stuff, like we sponsor podcasts because that's where like, you kind of have to figure out well, where do our customers like live. And before it was magazines, now it's just podcasts and, you know, just around on the internet. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of yeah. where we went and, and it's fine. But yeah, uh, new customers are still popping up because, you know, we do have a pretty active roster. I mean, if you look at it, before you know five six years ago these guys were like the indie rock like kingpins now they're you know the older statesmen of mm -hmm. <laughs> indian festivals and all stuff but we got a lot of guys that are doing a lot of great stuff so you know that in that term that's where the endorsement process really comes through to where you know people are looking at what our guys are playing and they're nice enough to plug us and tag us and that's great and so there are new like a whole new generation of kids like discovering stuff older i mean our demographic is pretty spread out too i mm. mean we've got the guys at 18 to 25 that are just ripping in bands going for it and then we've got the 50 60 year old you know retired lawyer that's just like you know i'm buying the dream kid i always wanted so we have a pretty interesting spread and in everything in between so yeah i mean it's people are kind of if you and also too if you know about it, you just know about it. You know, it's like Dave Grohl and all these other guys that we can name drop, like they'll play the shit. They use it on recordings. And a lot of it's kind of funny, man. Like a lot of the stuff that our drums are at, you know, a lot of the studios our drums are at, people will just be discovering it that way. Like, Oh man, mm. that's crazy. And they're mm. actually playing it, you know, cause we're not in stores. I mean, we, the model of stores for us just never really worked because it really is super custom. And, you know, I've seen so many great companies, but sometimes the, it'll be a canceled order or, you know, the store will order something and it's not really true to what the company will be building or should be building or that they want to build. And just these kits sit there for years sometimes. And I just never really wanted that. And our stuff just changes a lot too. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, our beta testing is literally the shit I'll hear in the studio or one of the artists on the road be like, Hey, why don't we try this one? And then, you know, we'll make it a few weeks later and we'll hit it and be like, ah, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it still works that way too. And I, I kind of like that. I mean, it works for us. It's not for everybody else, but I think it's also from what we want to, like, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to duke it out with DW and guitar center. That's not really, you know, from the start it's that's never really been my mo like yeah I, I think what they've accomplished is amazing and all these other big companies but you know i'm not trying to make 800 blue drum kits <laughs> it's mm. never really been my thing and you know if that changes one day then sure but 
you know, some of the other guys have made a play for that. And I think it's cool and good for them, but it's just never really, it doesn't seem true or authentic to what, you know, I've set out to do. And I just want to make cool shit for, you know, small batch of people and make sure everything's consistent and nice and, you know, kind of go from there. Really, you know, I don't really have the other goal to, you know, I'm not trying to have pallets of my shit <laughs> coming on the one box and uh, here, you know, yeah, it's yeah. all like the pearl export thing. Like, I don't really, you know, <laughs> it's not really my deal. We've had still, plenty of uh, do you still do all the edges? Are you still involved yep. in like every aspect of yeah. it at this point? Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't get to, I'm not finishing every drum myself, which is, you know, that's also a good thing. That's how, you know, you're growing, but yeah, when it comes to, shell design you know um r&d and you know i still get my hands on a lot of stuff too like some of the dudes are like dude will you fucking we're doing this thing and i'm just you know now i'm the boss of like no i will cut these edges son <laughs> so <laughs> it's cool but you know it's kind of cool to like you know I've, we've standardized all the stuff like we have our you know we have our sweet sauce of like okay this is how we do it you know because I think what I see in drums a lot, especially with new stuff, everybody's like, you know, we'll do this edge and this. Edge. It's like, no, you kind of got to figure out your formula. You know, it's like, it's weird to think too. We've, yeah, I've been doing this since 2000, 2000, you know, or like, it's kind of wild. But I mean, I started off when I was a kid, but, you know, throughout the years, you figure out like, oh, yeah, this is the edge we love. I mean, granted, if somebody's like, I need this edge with, this thing you know we'll do it it's your drum kit but mm -hmm. we kind of have like a standard like you know our identity i guess you could say of like the standards we put out so but yeah you know i'm i'm still in the mix man i like to i still like to get dirty and you know build stuff and you know the other day i was laughing too because been a minute since i'd done re-rings i just had glue everywhere i was like <laughs> God, I hated this job. Like, <laughs> God, thank God I don't have to do it every day. But yeah, it was super, super funny too, especially with like, uh, I went to go see the guys in the finish shop too. Just, I, I always like the finish process is one of my favorite things because, you know, you turn these big wood drums that were just like all sanded and gross. And then that first hit a lacquer, anybody that's built a drum or like seen it done, it's like, that's when it really just comes to life. And it's like this great moment, you know, it's really nerdy to talk about it, but you know, I was in there and like, you know, we're like wet sand and shit. I was like, God, I hated this job too. Like it's just it was <laughs> wild, man. It was so much work to be. And that's the thing. Like it is so much work to make a drum kit. It is crazy. The amount of like, you know, different skills you have to have, you know, just everything. And you can screw it up so bad along the way. It is just, God, it's kind of amazing. Anything is round. <laughs> what do you think about it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's good, man. Are you still like actively searching for new shell designs? I mean, is that yeah. still like a big, you haven't like you found yeah. your core, but I mean, like how often are you yeah. trying new stuff really? You know what, man? It's kind of funny. I'm working on the shell that is i hope it'll come to life this year it has been such a nightmare to do and it's mm. like this you know it's no crazy secret but you know like those thinner like back in the day those thinner shells that have like you know the heavy die cast too but like old gret shells or whatever you want to say you know any brand plug in but like the thinner shell 
they just they ring out forever and they just sound so good and then you know, once you put hardware on them and a good edge it's just it's a banger so i had this thing i was like well you know the five ply shell was like a big thing and then you know the three ply with the re-rings and stuff so i'm working on this four ply shell that has a three ply re-ring and it is kicking my ass uh, <laughs> it just does not <laughs> want to do it but you know because i'm also trying to do like maple and then there's like you know maple like rosewood core two ply inside maple and then you know maple re-ring i don't know what it is about it's just like the angriest little piece of wood <laughs> it's just angry little i feel like it's like a little wood gang like hey fuck you man sir i don't know how edited this podcast <laughs> it's just it's kicking the hell out of me and it's just does not want to go together i did a 10 inch rack tom though just as a test it was like oh, i just mess around with it it's small you know go for it and it was one of the best sounding things i think i've ever made and i was like okay I at least this it. is kind yeah. of moving in the right direction but uh yeah man it's kind of an obsession you know because i'm busy just you know with life and business and all that stuff and everything we're doing and it's like i feel like uh the last few months has been a real change of like we have to focus on just seeing what else is going because I think it's really everybody kind of gets a little everybody wants to innovate but you know you still have to get things out the door and do all that stuff and and I think everybody's a little guilty of it once you kind of get a stride you got a steady stream of orders it's like yep <laughs> get that thing going and you know the last few months too uh, you know we dropped a new badge and new things are going to start coming out which is good but uh, it's been kind of a weird obsession. Like one day I just woke up and I was like, oh my God, we need to do this. Mm. You know, like then I'm like in the wood pile, like just grabbing <laughs> stuff, like maybe this would be nice. And then I'm like, oh, we tried that years ago. It was terrible. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's kind of cool to like listen to things again, too. Cause I think like everybody who's, you know, drummers and musicians, like your ears grow up too of like, oh yeah, maybe that sounds good now. And there's been yeah. certain things where I like, this pile of shit that I like kind of shelve occasionally, like just things I try out. I don't really like to throw a lot of that stuff away, but there's been a few times where I'm like, you know, late at night, just looking at stuff. I was like, Oh, maybe that would sound good. And I built it out and I was like, Oh, this sounds great. Like, why didn't I ever mm. go with it? But yeah. Why'd you abandon I think, it? I, you know, and I think that's the thing. It's like, we hit a stride with the other stuff and it was like, everybody wanted those. And, then sometimes too, like, I feel like with what we do, because we don't have, you know, the giant catalog of, you know, 30 different drum shells, because I think it kind of confuses people. It's like, we've hit a few things that are like, these are guaranteed to work. These are going to be great. These are your standards. Why don't we go there? Sometimes getting a little too, and it just depends on who it is too, because, you know, again, our customer is so different and how we approach things is a little bit different in my opinion. So it's kind of like, some guys that really want to get weird with it and hear everything it's mm -hmm. like maybe that's more for them but you know there's certain people that are like you know dude just give me the mahogany's like just, <laughs> I don't wanna, you know anytime i like start talking about wood they're just kind of like oh dude don't, don't. <laughs> like, let's just let's go to dinner man like you know what i like just you know here's the record listen to it and just do your thing you know like you know, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. So, you know, it just depends on who it is, too. So but, yeah, how I long think, will you, like, chase the muse before you put it on the shelf? It's got to be the thing. 
you know, it's really has to, it has to work. It has to hold up, do a lot of stress testing now too, because, mm. you know, it's, it's pretty simple thing, but I just, you know, when I was touring as a drum tech, you know, and, and you're gigging too, it's like going from hot to cold is like, you just, there's such a, and we don't do re-rings on everything. Not that that would save it because those been too, but sometimes it was like, man, this is, really sensitive to weather you know depending mm. on what wood it was and it always kind of go back but i think we have to do a lot of testing and then i think we just have to get more opinions on stuff too because like you know i'm i won't give it to any of the artists or even you if i send you something until i'm like oh this is the shit this is great then when you get get in the studio get it under mics and then you can kind of get the other opinions because that's the fun part of it too is just getting everybody's sense of like oh yeah this sounds great or that's horrible man and mm. we've had a few of those too it's like yeah it's not really good and you're like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i guess what do you do yeah, like, like your wounds you're like i think it sounded good <laughs> yeah but you know sometimes and that's the fun thing too is like it's so subjective you just don't really know it's just like an engineer too it's like I've been on so many recording sessions. It's like as a drum tech too, and you're hitting these things and you know, the guy's going to look at you and just like, Oh dude, no, get that out of here. And sometimes you're like, Oh, that's weird. I thought it sounded great. So, mm. yeah, but that's the fun of it too. Just trying to really get something into uh get into shape to actually release. So I think, you know, we could do it a lot faster. You know, we don't have the red tape of like a massive company or anything like that, or like manufacturing restrictions and, you know, skews and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if I get an idea, I mean, I could put it out in a couple months, if anything, you know, just kind of messing with it and really testing it out. But Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. You know, some of the bigger stuff that you know, we've done in the past, like took a little bit longer just cause like, you know, we're also dealing with these living things like pieces of wood. So some of these things don't want to cooperate. I mean, hence that little four ply shell with the mm. rings, like that thing's like, nah, man, we're not, we're not working for you today. So. I mean, is that the question is, is that, is that project going to be worth it? Is it going to sound that much different or better for you to continue to research yeah. it? And, and that's the thing too. I, I will say in that instance, and that's why I'm kind of chasing the dragon a little bit, so to speak, is that when I hit it, I was like, oh, this is good. Like, this mm. sounds cool. It, it's a little bit of a hybrid of like, you got that old school kind of thin sound, but it just, it rings out in the best way. And you don't really need to, yeah, I think now, like, I'm just kind of straying away from like taping stuff and just gelling it. It's just, you know it's a drum it's gonna ring like just mm -hmm. let it do its thing but that's why i'm like why don't we just start it out to a why don't we blend a wood and come up with a shell to where it it's gonna sound kind of what you're going for with that too so it's like those lo-fi shells we do it's like 
the two innermost plies are vertical that shoots everything down the floor. It's like, and we've had really good luck with it. You don't have to put, you know, the wads of tape and paper towels oh, and flip yeah, the yeah. floor tom legs. It's like, you know, it's just sounds good. You know, maybe put some cotton balls inside of it and let it ride. You know, that's kind of the thing. I mean, I think a lot of people, I had this thing where <laughs> for two years, I was like, man, people just hate the way drums sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, session, yeah. I was like, you just don't like drums. It's fine. <laughs> and it was kind of true. It was like, okay let's get this banging kid out and like tune it up and put ambassadors on it and then it'd be like put the re-rings on or the richie rings on i was like all right i know where this is going then, okay <laughs> get the get the tissue paper out and I'm like, oh you just fucking hate the way drums sound <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and it was true you know it's just yeah. like let that shit ring man tune those things up you know i mean when it's i just, think of okay. when i think of your drums initially it was always like built for the robust touring life like they were built yep. to last the cycle yep. of in and out of trailers and 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 just getting abused yep. on the road and i think that still holds true but i'm wondering are you thinking more studio oriented now or is it i mean how do you balance like a drum that'll sound great on stage versus a drum that'll sound great under mics that's a great question i my school of thought has always been it's got to work for both it's got to work for mm. everything because you know we have plenty of people that play our drums that are in a great position to afford, you know, I got a studio kid, I got a road kid, I've got one for the house, but you know, there's a lot of guys that play our stuff that are like, yeah, man, that's the one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's funny too, because sometimes I'll be, I'll be like, Hey, do you want me to bring something in? Or if they call me in for the studio stuff and that's always a great honor either way, but I was like, do you want me to bring something in? They're like, no, 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 we're using that one. That's it. That's my thing. Because, you know, again, the way they're built is they're built pretty rugged. I mean, everything's thought out, like down to like the fasteners and everything in between. It's like, it's like, you know, that um, like with some chefs, like they don't put it on the plate unless it like serves a purpose and it's delicious. It's like mm. the same thing on the drum shell. It's like doesn't serve a purpose if it's not built to last like it's just not going to be in there you know there's no point you know there's no like ornaments <laughs> on these things you know but um i think it needs to do the job in both and the way we build stuff is you know there's no catalog and it's you know everybody always kind of went here's what we make and you figure out where you fit into like our thing you know, and I, that was fine. I worked for a long time, but the reason we started making drums this way was that now, nah, man, like we'll do like an old school or like a new school kind of vibe. And then you tell us, and then we'll make the blend around you. And I think that's why so many people just love their drums. They want to use it in the studio. They want to use it live. And, you know, we build them for everything in between, you know, and just to last too. And it, that's been a nonstop thing with like supply chain and, you know, making sure you have the right metals to be, to make components. And, you know, some of these factories too, were like, they needed certain machines to actually make this happen. Cause we try and use as many uh, U S manufacturers as possible. Uh, and it's not, you know, like things in Taiwan and China are incredible. Like those factories are unreal, but it's me because I'm a nutcase. <laughs> I want to pop in and see them like, okay, is this doing right? Or you know, <laughs> spot check, quality check, plating checks, all that stuff. 
So we've actually purchased machines to put in those factories to kind of uh, hold up um, the integrity of it and how they're manufactured. So yeah, it's, that's a really big like labor of love. Like I, you should, you know, I think when you pick up a drum or something that's like quality made, like, you know, like there's this explosion of like, you know, union made stuff, like good leather, goods, shirts, like anything you pick up, you should be able to feel the quality of it. And mm-hmm. I feel like drums, especially you pick something up, if it's like, you know, a feather, you're just like, Oh, this is a bummer because you, you know, you're hitting these things. They got to have a little bit of weight to give you back. So you know, I've always been a thing like you could pick up some of the drums I make and it's just like, oh, yeah, there's some stuff here because yeah, yeah. plating's not cheap. The castings are brass like they're it's like a real thing, you know, so and, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more expensive. But at the same time, like you're buying this thing once, like, is it that big of an issue? You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's the other thing, too. It's like everybody's always down to spend a ton of money on everything else but then they're like ah drums are you know because they're just so cheap you know and you can but it, you get what you pay for really so i think all in all is like you got to build something that's ready for anything and luckily you know like sometimes when guys use their tour kits in the studio it's just such a cool like thing of like oh yeah that's their shit they love mm-hmm. that you know yeah, it just sounds good and it's yeah. their sound and you know, if it works for what they're doing, then great. You know, so it's been really fun to see that. So I want to kind of work backwards a bit. Yeah. Um, with the three, two, three. So you knew yeah. you were only going to be capable of producing a limited number. Yeah. But you got them all done. You were ready to put them on sale, and yeah. you probably knew they were going to sell out pretty quickly. So does that mean? We're hoping. We yeah, you're hoping. hoping. <laughs> you're you're expecting. Yeah. Does that mean you already have the next thing? ready to yeah. go like how far in into product development in the future do you operate you know with the way we're doing stuff like the kind of the quick hitter um and limited drops like i think i'm this one's kind of an interesting one because the coppers were super fun the 323s are great um to answer your question we are i'm basically I kind of know what we're going to drop this year. I think we'll do like two or three more, Mm. but they've got to be a little different. Like that, you know, I just don't want to drop stuff that we've done before because it just doesn't, you know, just seems like, uh, you know, I used to just be like, Oh, cool. New for 2000 or whatever. They just painted it red. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I didn't want to do that, you know? So I wanted some kind of, uh, cool kind of interesting things but um yeah there'll definitely be a uh will definitely be another aluminum drum coming out because people really like those and you know just kind of builds on that whole trash talk thing which is super fun and did really well for us um and yeah i think the next thing is like a different kind of a wood snare drum with a different layup is going to be coming out too Mm. so so you've got these you know your year is sort of planned you don't have to yeah. tell us what they are, but how far in the design are you with that? Are you still just formulating the ideas as you go? The the design for the wood drum is pretty much done now. It's just putting it through the paces and testing mm. the aluminum drum. We're kind of experimenting with. Uh, I had this. <laughs> I come up with these dumb ideas of like you know at night you know I'm like here's what we will do <laughs> you know like proclaiming all this crazy shit and I was like we're going to roll our own aluminum and do this thing. And, 
and then we'll like do a prototype i'm like man this is wild shit to try and get this thing done you know or you just see these things in your head and you're like okay well how hard can it be because we could just roll it this way and you're messing with some manufacturing techniques then it's like oh yeah that doesn't sit well or like the way it butts up so then it's like back to the drawing board a little bit of r&d with that stuff too i mean aesthetically it's pretty straightforward we've got some pretty cool like things we'll kind of drop but um that wood drum is going to be a bit of a hybrid as well. It's kind of a, we're taking a little bit of a radical approach to it, just like change up the vibe. You know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I think um, as far as like the drums go is one thing, but like the influence around it, like, you know, culturally, it's kind of what we're trying to bring into. Mm -hmm. just, I just don't want boring drums anymore. And it's no, I'm, that's not a shot at anybody else. It's just like, you look at the same shit every day it kind of sucks whereas i'm like you know you eat all these great foods and you like you know you dress a certain way and like you're you go go to places and it blows your mind i'm like that's what drums need to be you know so that's why it's like some of the woods we bring back on trips and you know i've been lucky to tour a lot the last few years and see all over the i mean i've been touring since i was a kid but you know those are the kinds of things that need like influence drums like even the uh you know just simple things too like the new badge looks like a tree stump and i'm like oh yeah that's kind of fun like one of our loggers cut a cookie off on it and sprayed painted the m just like you designated for us i was like oh that's kind of cool i was like mm -hmm. maybe we should make a shirt out of it and then it just like the shirt turned into a logo the logo was like and i was like fuck we need to give a badge a facelift and like you know i was getting a little tired and you know we want to streamline a little bit make it a little bit smaller and then that's what became the badge so you know just, what's interesting about the new things. badge is i i thought it was your same badge. like it was so like of yeah. course that's what they would have their badge be yeah, sure. <laughs> like why did it take so long <laughs> <laughs> no you know it's funny man it's like a few other people said that they're like oh yeah that makes total sense they're yeah like, i thought that was around i was like no but the uh you know the guys that log with us sometimes and will cut stuff open they'll that's how they always do it. So I'm so used to seeing that. And I think we've had like photos before of like just you know, logging trips or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like it's kind of cool, you know, but uh, you know, we size it a little bit differently. It's a little bit smaller, more streamlined kind of a look. And then, you know, our other thing was too, is that, uh, you know, we all metal drums, acrylic drums, whatever we're making stuff out of, like the inside badge, like the little wood cookie is like what a log cutoff looks like. And, mm. and I was like, well, there's always going to be wood on our drums, which is kind of cool, you know? So it kind of made more sense to do it that way. So yeah, it's kind of cool, man. But yeah, we're, we're pretty deep into design. Um, full on. I'm, I'm always just working on stuff too. I mean, I've got a lot of notebooks I carry around with me and I, I people think I like I'm doing very like philosophical work and I'm just like drawing just <laughs> crazy shit all the time. So it's cool, but yeah, it's, I think that's something that's never going to stop. And, you know, if I ever get bored with it, that's when you're like, Oh, there's a problem with that. It's just, it's yeah. still exciting. It's still fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but now I feel like I'm kind of, uh, I never really looked at drums to like influence stuff because then that's when you start making other people's stuff and you don't want to do that, especially out of respect for everybody. Cause that takes however they, their process works. You don't really want to impede on that. But I think with me, it was like, now it's to the point where it's like, 
oh yeah we're like taking everything in like through artists through travel through friends and just you know all the stuff i look at all day it's the last thing i really look at is drums you know mm -hmm. so, kind of cool well let's talk about the the design of the 323 as a just yeah. as a case study yeah how did it go from let's make a copper drum to let's make a copper drum with these oddly offset lugs and have sure. black nickel hardware like how did sure. it become what it became and and why did you settle on that design yeah <laughs> good, good question michael my man i mean it worked because you sold them all so, yeah I mean. you know i i was looking at just uh you know it was like cool like a copper drum would be great to bring out be kind of fun the thickness was kind of a no-brainer like 1.2 is kind of the sweet spot you know any thicker works as well but there's this kind of a millimeter is too thin 1.2 is perfect so that way you don't have to worry about it crushing like a soda can essentially mm. the offsets uh the copper first of all was kind of like we'll polish it up a little bit because i a lot of the inspiration was just like walking around la just being downtown a bunch they have a lot of these great old like art deco style buildings that has like polished copper throughout and it's just so pretty and then you know, it's like when you're a kid, you get a shiny penny. I was like, you know, it kind of uh, translated in a lot of ways. I felt like with the badge being new, it was like a new start to everything. And it was around the new year, too, which is kind of cool. So I was like, I feel like a shiny new penny. Let's mm. <laughs> just like polish that thing up and call it a day, you know. So <laughs> that was kind of fun. And then the offsets were kind of a throwback man i i'm an orange county kid so ocdp was king when i was kid a uh, kid and it was just kind of one of those things like and i was looking at all those cool like vintage sonar kits that had the offset I was oh like, yeah fucking yeah. weird thing to do <laughs> <laughs> just like it was weird because that uh, uh I had a vintage Orange County, like OCDP, um, like those half inch thick acrylic, like, and it had the offset Baltimore lugs, those square ones that you see at the time. And I was looking at these old sonar, like a buddy of mine gave me some like old sonar catalogs and they had like the, the vintage kits with the offsets. I remember just looking at it, I was like, this is the weirdest thing mm -hmm. ever. Like, it's just, it makes total sense because there's no space to go anywhere. But I was like, a fucking strange decision to make like yeah yeah but like how weird that must that have been because forever it's like traditional everything lines up and yeah know, it's all about geometry and then you know klaus or hans or whoever was hammered at sonar said you know we're going this way and they were just like, yeah, sounds good and so i made up this story in my head i was like that's how they made this decision you know so but that was something that you know our thing our stuff is always in line and you know looks very clean and classic and you know it's pleasing to the eye with like the geometry of it but i was like fuck it let's just like have some fun with it like it just makes sense and then i was like let's go with like the single version of it and all the dudes were like oh that's kind of weird like you know and i was like let's just try one and we did it and i remember i put it together and i was just sitting there looking at it i was like this makes me feel weird yeah yeah way, i'm like <laughs> i kind of like it like because it's a weird offset it's a seven eighth so it's not like the traditional it's not like a 50 yeah exactly kind of thing it makes you feel a little weird and like the drum i was like is it moving but then <laughs> like i don't know i just had this weird thing of like these 
buildings in LA, these low riders I was looking at for how cool, like how cool the pop was because, you know, like, you know, street culture and all that stuff, like you have these real clean lines on a car. And then all of a sudden the paint would be like the pop. And I was like, got these really clean lines, like you with this really pretty polished copper. And then all of a sudden the pop is like, you know, the lugs and the way they stack up. But then it was just like, you know, black nickel and copper. I'm like, that's like a cool combination just in general, you know? So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just run with it. Let's <laughs> went for it. And then, you know, um, the people who cast the badge, I was like, can we do like a copper, like, can we match it basically? And they're like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And then we did it and we polished one up and it looked so good. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just have some fun with it. It was like a very, uh, when I was looking at it too, I was like, this is the fucking, it was throwing me off with like the offsets, but I was like, that's kind of the fun part. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. It, man. like that's just our shit. So, <laughs> it's disconcerting it in, in a cool way. <laughs> yeah. It made me feel very dangerous. You know? So that, that was that man. Yeah. It was just, it was a fun thing. And two, I was like, I know we're only going to do a handful of these. So so have some fun. And it was so funny getting the, when you buy them online, you could like put a note in there or something like that. And, everybody was kind of the same page like they remind me of my sonars they remind me of the mm. cdp offsets and it was kind of funny i'm like oh yeah that like spoke to a few people and it was cool and a lot of the one of the one of the dudes that bought it was so cool i can't remember his name but i have to look it up but he was literally like i'm not a drummer this shit just looks dope and i was oh, like wow All right. yeah, and, but he, it turns out he was um he's like a guy who has like he's like an internet personality that like uh shops for sneakers you know and it's like it has a fairly big following but it's like i just kind of like the way it looked and i was like great yeah and he hit us up he's like a guy it just sits on his shelf like he just liked and it's next to all kinds of cool like pairs of jordans and shit and i was like yeah, that's great you know so yeah it was kind of fun <laughs> it was a little bit of like uh the three two three think of it this way it's like I had a lawyer one time a few years ago. I don't even know if this guy's alive, but he was a lawyer who came in, but he had a rat tail in the back, like the haircut. Mm -hmm. So he presented himself really nice. But then when you turn around, it was like the finger. And I was like, that's basically the rat tail of drums. <laughs> Shit. So if you got one of those, watch out. Badass, you know? so it's the rat tail of my product line. Yeah. Now, is this something I know you've been pretty, pretty, um, I don't know what the, the adjective would be. You've been pretty like steadfast with when something is, is sold out, it's gone. Yeah. I mean, I think you maybe you brought the back black ugly back once and the bell brass once. Yeah. But I, you know, man, I, and that's kind of been the thing too. It wasn't really just the market being like saturated with some stuff. And I didn't, I felt like, you have to kind of educate people, but sometimes it could be misconstrued as like shit talking. And that's not what we wanted because those drums are beautiful. And they're amazing. Like, you know, it's great. I think <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I just before take away this year, right? Like with the Zildjian thing coming out, like that's amazing. And that was really thoughtful what they did and what a cool piece of history to have. But Everything before, man, like we brought back the bell brass in 2010. That's what people forget. Mm -hmm. And granted, we're not this massive company that can market to everybody. Or, and, you know, some people just don't know about the shit. But 
I feel personally that that drum has been bastardized in so many different ways. It's just not, we shouldn't be comparing bell brass drums. It's like, that's what the fuck that thing is. Like, mm. if you're going to make it, make the shit, you know? And that's what I don't like about certain people out there just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. You know, it's like, mm. you can't make that drum for a thousand bucks. Sorry, man. Like, and that's the other thing too. It's like, uh, it's like kids flexing and having, you know, fake black cards, you know, like, no, the whole thing about having like a black Amex or a bell brass is because you have that fucking thing and you're at a certain level and you got it, you know, like don't fake it. And that's been the problem too. It's like the, and don't get me started about the patina on the black ugly. Like it was one of the first drums out there with that. Now dudes are sitting there just, you know, hosing it down and throwing salt on shit. And you're like, it's just different, man. And you know, it's cool to see the different iterations. It's not talking shit on like people doing it. It's just also too, it's like, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. I've seen a lot of people paint it on. Like, it's just like, nah, man, it doesn't, you know, it's not the thing. And, is that what Those, keeps you from bringing it back? Like at this point, you just don't want to see it again. Like, are you just not interested in it? Or because the drum sounds yeah. amazing, you could always bring Thank back you. that drum. But well, that's that's the thing. I, I'll tell you this: if we needed to do something, like if we ever gotten like a, like a slow period, or like needed some dough or something like that, I don't mean to sound like an asshole. We could bring that drum back and sell a ton of them, or we could say fuck everything else we're doing. We're doing the black ugly. We got the bell brass, and you get any wood drum you want, and it would just be fine forever, you know, mm-hmm. and or however long till people got sick of them or something like that. But that's the thing; they're just classic, so people just really like them. You know, they just sound good. And again, like we, I didn't invent those drums. Like that was just they stopped making those drums, and I was like, well, I'm gonna just do that then, if that's the case, because there's a void. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, I'm in a weird spot with that, truthfully, because Mm -hmm. I just, I don't like what's happening with those drums that I, like, love. And then I don't like how things that we did kind of got a little ripped and just, you know, thrown into something else and not in a very tasteful way, you know, Mm -hmm. any way you look at it. But I just am kind of like... I think we've kind of maybe just left those there and they're great for what they were. And we're trying to push the envelope and move on and see what's there. But, you know, I'm, I'm very, we did a couple runs of the uglies and they're great and a few versions of the bell brass, but who's to say, you know, maybe in another year, if I keep hearing it and just keep hitting them with like, Oh man, that's got to come back. You know, it's too good not to make it. And yeah, maybe we will, you know, but as far as now, I just kind of, uh, I've kind of had to make my peace with it a little bit and I just don't want to, you know, I I don't know. I I love those drums so much. I just, I really don't like the fact that things have been kind of cheapened about them. And it's not like my stuff getting ripped off. I don't mean it like that. It's just, you know, certain bell brass versions are just like, that's not the thing, man. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard because you see these people, like these younger people, like, buying these drums like oh i got a bell brass like i'm lars now or i'm you know fucking dave Grohl on nevermind it's like that ain't the thing man and you don't want to burst <laughs> their bubble and you're just like fuck you got hosed you know it's like <laughs> sucks you know like save up for it man get the yeah, real thing yeah. or you know put some work into it it's just you know some people just want it and it's just there and it's fine but yeah. again you can't that thing needs real 
chrome over brass die cast tubes and that thing's not a thousand dollar drum it's really expensive to make those drums and you could feel it you know yeah that thing should have you in a back brace after a month of touring yeah yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or drum tech yeah so has those feelings because i'm thinking about what you've done since then those were kind of like your own twist on a tribute to a, a, a oh, legendary yeah. thing yeah so has been <laughs> the black uh, the uh the trash talk and the three two three. I don't see anyone like wanting to copy that because they're so like yeah, you. They're weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little weird. Is that been like for now when you're designing new stuff? It's like what can we do that no one will want to rip off because it's so unique to yeah. us. I also think too is like the the trash talk was a little bit of like we see it, it's all good, and it was just like that was my stupid thinking of like, well, you know, man, if you guys are going to do this, I'm just going to go over here and do that. And then yeah. the badge was such a fucking ridiculous thing too. That was like, it's not anything we put on a drum kit or anything. It didn't have a traditional badge. It was like, your know, lips biting and like, a little <laughs> it was fucking insane. And you know, when I was drawing it, everyone was kind of like, I wish you could have seen everyone's like, this happening you know this is the thing and they're like oh sure you know and like you know carlos is one of the guys that helps do all like the um the enamel pours and all that stuff and he's just like fucked really and he's like you know how intricate that is like i'm like dude just get the enamel out man we're gonna party (laughs) that was the thing and um yeah i think that was a little bit of like an answer to it too i'm like i'm just gonna make a six lug aluminum drum that's kind of a piece of shit because that was the other thing too is like those drums, I mean, make no mistake about it, were pricey. They were not cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. Granted, we have to cover our costs, but like it's just expensive to make them with the materials and all that stuff. But then, you know, I was going through this thing of like when those drums are starting to get ripped, and then people were selling drums that were, you know, maybe not on the same level as far as tone and you know, components and all that stuff. But they were selling it for more. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not the same thing, you know? And I was like, okay, whatever. We're going to go over here. And I'm going to do the opposite and just be like, cool. I want, you know, I love six lug drums too. So they're super fun. And then I was like, wow, it'd be kind of fun to like hear that, you know, just a six lugger. And let's just make like a shitty aluminum <laughs> drum. Mm-hmm. And we did, and I could. I saw how low I could get the cost on it because aluminum is not very expensive either, which was great. And I was like, "Let's just put this thing out here and just go for it." And it was the exact opposite. And everyone was like, "You're doing that for wait, really?" Like, even the artists were like, "Oh shit, this is I'm getting one of those." You know? Because <laughs> then I was just like, "Yeah, I don't want to be as precious about it." You know, it's like I'm setting up bell brass drums with like white gloves and polishing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I want this thing to look like a piece of shit. <laughs> just complete and we just left it bare and it was kind of like it's kind of a fun drum you know so that's kind of what we did and then we came out with uh the six lug kind of freaked out a few people they're just you know they're like i don't really know but then once they'd get their hands on it they'd hit it or if i'd be around I'm like hey check it out and we tune it up and they're like oh that's great but you know not everybody's around we don't have stuff in stores you know et cetera, et cetera. and then by the time we would get to releasing, you know, like videos on it, the drum was gone. It mm-hmm. was ran out of them. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's convenient. So um, six lugs was kind of off-putting to people. But then we made one, um, I made a prototype that was eight. 
And I was like, let's just see how it sounds. And I put die cast tubes on it. It was like, uh-oh, that thing is like, shit. You know, like, you know when you hit like any drum in your thing or you go to a store and tap around and you hit it, that one thing, you're like, uh-oh. You know, oh, yeah, it was like yeah. that. It was like, shit, this is bad. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, let's just do it. But then I was like, we can't make it look the same. And then I was like, those lips are red. I was like, let's just do I was listening to a lot of Rick James at the time. So I was like, let's make that shit red. And they were like, what is wrong with you? Man? I like, <laughs> oh, I forgot you did the red one. Wow. Yeah. Red one. yeah. That was uh, that was kind of like an under the radar one too. And we did 20 of each and those sold out really fast. And it's, it's one of those, again, like I kind of forgot about it too. Like we have one in the office case, which is cool. But I walk by every day. I'm like, oh, yeah, we should really do that. <laughs> it was so great. It was just not even anything that people, like, realized. And, like, some guys that had the six, you know, a lot of the guys that are touring on the circuit, they'll see somebody who has the eight. And they're like, oh, fuck, you you got one of those? Like, what was that? Because I don't even think we put it out. Like I've never seen, was, like, an announcement, like a, a, a photo or something. That's all I remember yeah. seeing. We put it out. And, you know, again, <clears throat> you know, super thankful. is like that shit was gone. Like those, those things went in a day. It was not even close because a lot of the people that had six were like, Oh my God, there's an eight and we can get a die cast tube on it. Like game over, you know? So it's cool. So yeah, that and the copper, but it's, it's not like I'm doing everything to be like a troll and just like, you know, mean about it. It's just like, it's whatever sounds good. And I just want things that are kind of interesting too. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's enough, you know, brass drums out there. There's enough like, you know, hammered bronze drums or whatever you know it's like i want to do something a little bit different so So is the is the copper going to like live another life or is it kind of that's the drum we're done with copper for a while uh yeah there's going to be another iteration of the coppers okay it's going to be a little bit more old school looking so so i think we'll do that probably another variation of the trash shock and then uh like i said a a wood drums coming that's going to be the thing but i also i'm kind of <laughs> we get a lot of shit because people are like do you even make stuff out of maple anymore oh, like, that yeah, was going to be my next you know? question yeah, like, sometimes <laughs> you know but then it was like uh i have this quest of like we're gonna drop mark my words mike you hear it here first kids on the drum candy <laughs> podcast we're gonna make the best maple drum kit fucking ever and that's right. just gonna be the thing it's not gonna have any of the blends we're not gonna put anything in it i want pound for pound the dirtiest maple drum kit it could be hi-fi you could tune it low i want something with like such a crazy range so we're working on um right now of like just you know really beautiful maple for the outside you know just naturally figured and stuff i'm working on this aging technique for wood Mm. um blistering like you know that ancient japanese technique um that i want to combine it like i want it to be all maple i just wanted to to use a few different building techniques to like combine and actually make the shell so that's kind of where we're going with it too so yeah that's kind of the goal i have a lot of shit that i'm working on (laughs) like yeah we need to do this man for sure (laughs) but everybody's like has there ever even been a maple kit the last couple of years? I'm like, yeah, there's plenty, but it's just people are just like, oh, it's so plain jam. And then we're doing all this weird shit of like, we're blending this babinga and this rosewood. And it's like, oh, it's all this stuff. And it's so cool. But people forget, like sometimes just like a 
we made a birch kit a few months ago that I was like, oh my god. I, I called the guy, I was like, I don't want to send this to you. And I was like, why? And I was like, it sounds so good. I was like, do you want to cancel this and I'll just keep it? And he was like, no, absolutely not. Give me my shit. But yeah, there's just so that's the thing, man. Like I light up because I'm like still like a little kid about this stuff. Like, you know, as complex as these things are, it's the best part about drums. Like as complex as you want to get with the blends and this and the edges and this, that, and the other. But then sometimes you'll just hit like a plain Jane maple floor tom and be like, God damn, that sounds good. You know? So it's just the fun of it. And you just don't know what it's going to sound like either. You know, I've built these drums a hundred times over those same shells and they're all just a little different and mm. it's kind of fun. And, but that's like the, uh, same thing with like black beauties and acrylites and stuff too. When you find the good ones, you're like, Oh shit, I'm keeping that forever. Mm. Some are like, well, it's not my thing. You know, it's just kind of cool. So they're just these things that are alive constantly, you know, even after you make them into stuff. So it's kind of the fun part of it. What happens if your maple kit just makes you never want to make a blended shell ever again? <laughs> we'll, kill, we'll kill them. I don't know, man. We'll just be like, that's what you're playing for this two-year stint until I get over it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the cool part, too. It's like, those are the goals like I have in my head of like, I want to make the best maple kit and just keep it simple of like, you know, six, seven ply shell or whatever, but like... You pick the sizes, but this is kind of the shell layup that we're going with. That sounds great. And, you know, it's kind of the thing because I feel like there's this rat race now of like, you know, you've got these amazing guys over at, at Nordic that have literally opened the floodgates of like custom builders can get mahogany and cherry and like all this shit that's mind blowing. I, I told David Nordic the other day, I was like, if you were around when I was starting, I would have never started making rum shells. Honestly, like I <laughs> no chance, man. You know how gross that shit is. It's a pain in the ass to do it. <laughs> really expensive. I was like, you would have saved me a load of money on <laughs> this headache with these machines. But yeah, that's the reason I started doing it, even though it's called Masters of Maple, and that's still the joke, is I wanted to do more than just, you know, maple. Like it, I love it. It's great, but there's all these other cool things in there that are you know, around, but that's kind of the fun part. So it really depends on the player too. Like, it's not that I want to do a certain thing. Like I know what I think sounds good and I can help advise, but some people just kind of know stuff and they'll be like, yeah, I hit this old mahogany drum and that's, that's where I want to go. And it's like, great, let's do it. You know, let's party. So it just depends, man. I mean, I'll pretty much do whatever people want. <laughs> it's kind of, it's your kit at the end of the day. We can help like pick stuff out. I mean, there's some shit that I'm like, yeah, I don't think that like the the composition of the shell doesn't really matter as much. But like certain sizes, I think we've kind of clamped down on a little bit now. I'm like, I'm not the guy that's going to build a 20 by 20 or mm -hmm. <laughs> 20 mm -hmm. by 24. I'm like, I'll give you the names of people that will be happy to do it. It's just not, you know, it's not going to sound great, you know, for what we're what we want to put out there. So, you know. So let's say I called you for like, I'm going to do a, a movie soundtrack session. Yep. And it's like, I saw, I need you to just bring me some drums. It's going to work for everything. Who knows what the hell we're going to do. It might be some jazz. It might be some heavy metal. Like what would you yep. bring to the session? Uh, that's a problem. Sweet Michael, because <laughs> I have a lot of shit. That's not mine either. You know, I've got a touring on the road was funny because I would just come back with like, all kinds of shit you know i have a 
I have a deep obsession with fives drums. So mm. like I have a bunch of fives. I've got five that are functioning. I've got another five that I haven't had time to like make parts for and like kind of deal with. You know? mm. But, but uh, yeah, you know, typical like on teching sessions and stuff, like I've got usually two to three big road cases that are like, you know, eight snares tall that will have, you know, like an actual acrylite. I have this superphonic that's kind of, it's a little out around, but it just sounds great on everything. I take those two out on everything. Um, I'll bring in like a maple, I'll bring in a blended bell brass, always, you know, five and a half and the six and a half version, bring in trash talks. And then I'll throw in like four or five wild cards that are just a little strange, you know, maybe like an eight by 14, uh, a little six lug wood guy. You know, I've got some old, like, uh, I've got some old noble and coolies. I really like, just depends i mean the the thing is is too like if i'm lucky enough to know the drummer ahead of time i can kind of tell like what they like but if i know the engineer or the producer you know we usually have notes of like this guy like this and etc mm-hmm. etc so i'll bring in a bunch of stuff but we have like another warehouse just full of my shit for teching you know it's like three four hundred symbols all kinds of weird percussion and then probably about 30 to 40 drum kits and that's after mm-hmm. i did some cleaning out so yeah i mean i'll bring in you know the standard small jazz kit and then i'll bring in like the rock kit and then a few other pieces that i know that always just sound good you know i got a 60s bowling ball ludwig that sounds amazing this one bass drum that was an orphan that just kills it on a lot of stuff so that's cool and then strangely enough man I made these 28 inch bass drums that people love. Like there's a silver sparkle one that we brought out. That was the original one and not to name drop, but uh, Sir David Grohl literally convinced me to sell it to him because he loved it so much. <laughs> but that's, we use that on like Arctic monkeys and Queens and like it's everything. And that was actually, we built the first house kits for Capitol studios and the tower that was the kit that we went in there and the engineers put it through the paces. Al Schmidt, you know, RIP when he was alive, you know, one of the most legendary engineers, he was like, that's the one kid. <laughs> 28 like, inch. Dude, it's a 14 by 28. It's insane. And it's gum and mahogany and it's <laughs> so good. But uh, Dave used it on when I finally, you know, he was like, well, you gotta, I gotta get that thing. And I'm like, sorry, dude, can't sell it to you. And then as I hung up the phone, I'm like, did I just tell Dave? Oh, no, like what <laughs> stupid thing. And I was like, yeah, dude, whatever. I'll make you another one. Go for it. So he actually has that silver sparkle kit and he used it on that um, play, uh, uh, play documentary he did, but that was where he played all these instruments himself. And that was like the last kit that got played, which was super cool. But I usually have to bring in a 28 inch. Everybody wants to try it, but it doesn't play like a normal 28 because a lot of those drums are like marching drums converted, but these are actually made as like a bass drum, but it's super fun to play. It doesn't feel like a 28. It's not like fighting you the entire time. So yeah, people love that stuff. So I, I just bring in a whole bunch of shit. I bring in light symbols, dark symbols, you know, I still bring in a, a few Z customs here and there that find their way on the session, which is super funny. But uh, yeah, man, it's what just, would I be the of- what would be the kit sizes if it was like, all right, we got to do a couple of rock tunes. Like, what sizes would you throw up? Uh, sixteen or fourteen by twenty-two. 
the stands is eight by 12, nine by 13, you know, depending on if they want one or two rack toms and then 16 by 16 and then an 18 if they want to. But honestly, all I'm seeing lately is 13, 16, 22, and just super simple. And it just mm-hmm. sounds huge. You know, the 14s, I think lately have, they're a great size, but everybody likes that 16 by 22 because hmm. it's that really nice. Like it's still punchy. It's thumpy, but you know, any 18 by 22 has never been a size. I liked, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, you know, you're just throwing a hot dog down a hallway kind of thing. So <laughs> a little strange and whatever that means. You know. What about 24s? Do they get used much? It depends. Sometimes they do. Like, it's really, that's the thing. The 22 is the go-to every time. Like, because it's just that perfect, like, not too big, not too small. 20, I'll always bring it. I will usually bring a 20, two different 22s, and then a 24, and then the 28, because it's just goofy, and they love having it there. Mm. It's used sometimes, which is great. The 20s don't have enough don't have enough meat to it. I hate to say that. It's just like, I love the sizes, but everybody kind of hits that 16 by 22. And sometimes if they need it to be a little bit more, you know, need the note to be a little bit more short, then they'll go with the 14, 22, but the 24 kind of sits in the corner most of the time, you know, if they need something big and all that stuff, it's fine. But usually what ends up happening is we take out, you know, a towel from the 22 and mm. I'll loosen up the head a little bit. And that's it. <laughs> Cause they also don't want to move that much shit. They're like, it's, it's good the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fine. And you have to deal with the rack time moving at all. So yeah. I mean, is, I, is your tuning different when you're doing us recording sessions versus a live teching gig? Uh, yeah. A lot of the times, I mean, cause you know, I have the same, you know, fundamentals of it too, just like setting the head up and stretching it out and stuff. But usually for the studio, I'll tune it a little bit lower, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's like, it needs to be a little bit more dead, but I don't want to put a ton of stuff on it. I like to start at a good kind of baseline and then we'll add and kind of subtract as we need to. But versus live, I mean, live, I'll tune them up a little bit just cause I need to cut through the room and, you know, that's when we're going to be using a little bit more muffling and you know then you kind of need to work with the front of house guy and figure out what they think is good and Mm -hmm. you know the drummers usually kind of like yeah you guys figure that out (laughs) (laughs) you know what i like but some dudes that i tech for like on the road are very particular they want to get in and just you know tune up and and i i love that you know i think that kind of gives their their sound they put their own spin on their sound for sure but yeah, studio is kind of a different animal, you know, really, I hate to say, you know, like there's a lot of great live techs that will come tech in the studio and they, they do good enough. But a lot of the times I would get called in because they're like, oh, you know, producer I would work with would be like, oh yeah, so-and-so is coming in, but they want to use their live guy. I was like, yeah, great. Do the thing. And then, you know, you'd get a call four or five hours into it. They're like, yeah, you might want to pop down here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so but and it's nothing crazy it's not like they did anything wrong it's just you know i think when you have ears for the other thing and you're just so used to it and a lot of the times live techs will have the tendency to just throw everything on it like they would but you know you're the microphones you're using live or studio is like a whole you know it's not even close you know using you know seen guys use like 30 mics on a drum kit <laughs> before mm-hmm. you know they're getting stuff on the room and 
you know, they've got the weird under snare mic or the trash mic that just sits over there under the floor, Tom. So, yeah, it really depends really what you're going for, but it, it is a different approach. I think, I mean, the fundamentals are the same, you know, you're going to seat the head, do all that stuff. You got to stretch everything out. But a lot of the times what I feel like too, is if we're lucky to have like a setup day in the studio, I'll put, you know, if I do change the head, sometimes the guys are just like, yeah, just leave them and they're in good shape. But I like to um, let everything just kind of settle where, where it is. You know, if we have the luxury of, you know, do, tracking drums is a luxury nowadays. Anyways, mm. But if we have the luxury to set up, it's like, we'll get stuff, we'll get a few sounds, let the drums fall. And then the next morning, that's where like, you know, barometric pressure and all that stuff kind of stabilizes. And then you're just like, you're going to town it's super fun and then you know tune them up hit them they fall and then let the person come in and do the real work <laughs> so Man, how do you have that fun. 28 setup is it like low and padded is it high and open like what is it i have yeah it's crazy man like that thing i put a coated power stroke three on the batter head um a small towel taped up against the uh, rezo head and then a fiber skin without a hole and it's <laughs> so good no hole and you know you walk in and people are like uh we're gonna have to like and i was like just just hit it and <laughs> usually the engineer's like don't touch it <laughs> and they'll be like get the other thing out and they'll just do their shit so that's kind of how i've had it always set up i don't think i've ever to be completely honest i don't think i've ever put on a clear power stroke or like a clear head you know, to put on the batter side. And I think that's just what the magic is. I don't do any felt strip or anything like that. It's just straight tuning it. I tune the rezo head just a step higher and then that's it, man. It sounds so good. It's, but everybody loves playing. It has this crazy response to where it's like, you know, if you play a, I feel like if you play a 26, it's just like you're working for that thing mm -hmm. all day. It's like, oh, my God. You know? But if you play the 28, it weirdly plays like a 22. It's just got this mm. cool, like response to it. Granted, um, sometimes with the beaters, I kind of made my own extended version of it, too, because, you know, 28s here, like the beater will be down. Yeah, here. yeah. So, um, you know, luckily access to a machine shop and all that stuff. So I just made my own like rod and I took off whatever, you know, DW iron cover beater or the felt guy or whatever. And I just popped on and made my own. So it kind of hit the thing. I think, and then I would just adjust the pedal, you know, to have a little bit better of a spring action and it's been great guys love that thing. It's so fun to play. <laughs> I love playing it too, but it's a trip. Once you play it a bunch, then you play something else. You're like, oh my God. Like, like a toy. So, yeah. so big. <laughs> like, it's great. It's super fun, man. I love it. Sick. Well, I have no more questions. You fulfilled my nerdiness. Thank hey, you. There it is, man. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening. Thanks for your support over these five seasons. If you haven't given us a review, please do that in the interim while we take these couple weeks to get the next season together. Um, can't thank you enough. You can always reach me at drumkennypodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on socials at the Drum Factor Direct Instagram or my personal page, uh, Mike Dawson Drums. And that's it for this season. So thank you so much and we'll see you in a few.